I think for many people, finding an answer seems like our life's work, you know, mm. and there's not always going to be an answer. There's never, oh, there's never been one thing where anyone, even in functional analytic medicine said, this is what's wrong with you. And then they fix it. It's always like the uncovering of something else, especially when you've been sick, probably as a baby and into your childhood. So I've looked into, you know, I've shifted my mindset more into, instead of looking for the answer outside of me, I try to really look for the answer inside of me and trust my intuition as I move from thing to thing, but also have a lot of trust in my body that it is capable of healing. And I don't need to have this answer for it to get better. We often hear people wishing us a long, happy, and healthy life. But what if the length isn't what matters most? What if instead, it's the breath, depth, and purpose of each day that matters most? Welcome to the Live the Width of Your Life podcast. My name is Annette Ardellian Kuzma, and join me weekly as I interview guests who made changes in their own lives to live more fully with intention, gratitude, and joy. Be prepared to be inspired by their stories of how they shifted their mindset courageous action and designed the life that they always wanted to live. Today's guest is Jacqueline Renee. Jacqueline Renee assists her clients in helping their gut using food and self-care as their medicine. Having gone through many of her own illnesses, including IBS and anxiety, Jacqueline entered the world of holistic health when countless doctors and tests were not working. She helps her clients peel back the layers of their health, starting with the gut, which she believes is the root cause of all disease. With personalized programs, diagnostic testing, and lots of accountability, she can help her clients get their health back on track and feel comfortable in their own skin. Welcome, Jacqueline. Hi, Jacqueline. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining today. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, I am so excited. I have been following your journey on Instagram, I think for probably the last year or year and a half. Um, you're, I think we had a mutual coach in common, uh, Sarah, at some point. And so that's how I first started following you. And uh, I'm, of course, obsessed with health and wellness as well. And so I love to see everything that you're doing. But for those that aren't familiar with you, can you just share a little bit about your story and your background and how you got to be where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'll condense it a little bit because, you know, it's a very, very long, arduous story of getting to where I am today. But, you know, like many people who are in the health and wellness industry, I had my own journey of struggles to get here. I was sick as a child um, in the 80s, dating myself, but, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, holistic health, naturopathic doctors, functional medicine, that wasn't really very popular then or nobody really knew about it. So it was a lot of um, in and out of the hospital, in and out of doctors trying to figure out what was wrong with me. When it morphed into my teenage years, um, it manifested as anxiety. Obviously, we know and I'm sure your listeners know a lot about the brain gut connection. Um, yes. And so the gut issues, you know, morphed into a lot of um angst and anxiety and anger. And so instead of getting to the bottom of my health issues, I was put into the mental health category or poor mental health category. And then, you know, I went from everything from them diagnosing me as bipolar to just saying it was all in my head, um, all different types of medications and, you know, 
behavioral management coaching. Um, I barely graduated high school, barely. Like I had to beg a teacher to pass me. I I almost didn't walk. Um, And I thought for a long time, like, I'm just stupid. I'm just not able to do a lot of the stuff. I don't have concentration. And then um, I became a hairstylist. I was very creative and I was very good at that and obviously doesn't require a lot of schooling. And so I jumped right in and my boss at the time said, um, you know, I, you know, I noticed you talking a lot about your health issues. You might want to see this naturopathic doctor again, mm-hmm. had no idea what it was. And I met her and that's kind of when my life changed. I was 20 years old when I saw her and she taught me about candida. She taught me about gluten sensitivities. She taught me about so many things. And obviously, you know, it's a now a 20 year journey here. I'm turning 40 in a couple of weeks, but um, the, the it's interesting how you move through your holistic journey because originally I thought, well, I'll just go to McDonald's and I'll get no bun. I'll just get the burger. And like, mm-hmm. that's healthier. And now right. it's like, <laughs> Amy, to go. <laughs> so, um, so it just kept unfolding and peeling back the layers, learning about our environment, learning about, um, you know, our, you know, everything from air purifiers to colon cleanses to supplements. And, and, and here I am today. So I went back to school. I graduated with honors <laughs> and um, I, I was like, okay, you know, you can really heal yourself and it's not all in your head. And, and that's why I wanted to do what I do today. Oh my gosh. Um, I didn't know that about your story. So that must've been so challenging from the time you were young until 20, just not having answers to why you weren't feeling right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think for many people, finding an answer seems like our life's work, you know, mm-hmm. and there's not always going to be an answer. There's never, oh, there's never been one thing where anyone, even in functional holistic medicine said, this is what's wrong with you. And then they fix it. It's always like the uncovering of something else, especially when you've been sick, probably as a baby and into your childhood. So I've looked into, you know, I've shifted my mindset more into instead of looking for the answer outside of me, I try to really look for the answer inside of me and trust my intuition as I move from thing to thing, but also have a lot of trust in my body that it is capable of healing. And I don't need to have this answer for it to get better, you know, kind of moving through that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's difficult for many people, right? Is one believing that your body is capable of healing itself, but then two, Mm -hmm. being able to listen to what your signals are telling you, like looking back on your experience, are you able now to see that your body was sending you specific signals about food that you were eating or toxins that you may have been exposed to? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have been, I grew up on the traditional um, standard American diet, or SAD as we call it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I had food addiction. I was never really overweight, but I had carried a lot of weight in my belly, even for like a kid. And, um, you know, bloated all the time, acne, cystic acne all over my face. So then you go treat the symptom. Like I went to get acne treated and then they put me on things like, you know, spirolactin or whatever it's called, antibiotics, steroids for, you know, inflammation, all sorts of stuff. And you, you try to, you try to figure out what the one thing is and get it fixed, but it never really resolved. So yeah, there was a lot that went on there. 
Wow. So at 20, you went to see this naturopathic doctor and, yeah. and now you said it's almost your birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. 20 years later. So now this next 20 years, tell us a little bit about how did you start to heal yourself? What was that progress like? And then how did you start to help other people in their own wellness journey? Yeah. So it was interesting. Um, it, I, I'm going to say it's like a three phase. The first okay. phase was like, okay, I understand this. I understand that there's an alternative here. I'm mm -hmm. receiving it. I'm accepting it um, because you didn't have to. You didn't have to pull me away from Western medicine because it already wasn't working for me. It wasn't like mm -hmm. you had to change my mind. Where I do feel like there's a phase where people are learning about holistic medicine, and mm -hmm. you have to sort of change their mind on that there's another way because it's yeah. not so popular. So I was already like, okay, I'm into this. I'm understanding it. But I was like one foot in, one foot out. I mean, mm -hmm. I was 20, 21, 22. You're going out. You're partying with your friends. You know, your fr my friends were all in college. So I was visiting up at college. So it was like during the week, I lived this super holistic life. And then uh, on the weekend, I was treating my body like a garbage can. Yeah. And so, you know, for many years I didn't, I healed enough to feel better, but not enough to actually feel good. And mm -hmm. so um, I dabbled in that for a long time, one side and the other. And then with every year it unfolded. And at the age of 30, I decided I couldn't be in my industry anymore. I couldn't do hair anymore because of the chemicals of the very um, arduous schedule, standing all day, not sure. eating, running around, you know, fixing mm -hmm. everybody's stuff. And so I, I was married at the time and I, I asked my partner, I said, I would, I would really like to get out of this industry. I don't know where I'm going yet. I don't know what I'm doing, but I need to get better. And the only way I'm going to get better is if I really actually take the time to heal. And mm -hmm. so we collectively decided I was going to take some time off work. I ended up taking six months off work. Um, and my trainer said to me, my personal trainer said to me, why don't you come assist me in the gym? Just get out of the house, start moving around. You're yeah. starting to feel better. So I ended up getting my um, certification to be a trainer. And then mm -hmm. while I was training people, I was like telling them about holistic nutrition. I was talking about food as medicine and people ended up not really working out when they were with me because I was talking about food. <laughs> you know? So I thought, well, this is obviously clearly what I need to do. So I stepped into that journey. I went to IIN. Um, I mm -hmm. started working underneath functional medicine doctors and learning through different programs that I did. And it just built on itself. So that was kind of the, it just happened. You know what I mean? It yeah. just, it, it just happened. But I, I truly believe when you allow life to flow and you're not forcing against it, that what is meant for you will happen. I completely agree. And how fun that you and I have the IIN connection too. Yeah. It's so interesting to see how many uh, folks have graduated from, um, from the Institute, which is wonderful. So that, so you started finding, you started sharing your passion, things that you were good at. You put yourself out there. You take, you took a bold step to stop working, right? How important was it for you at that time to actually stop doing what you were doing before and start taking some steps in this new direction, do you think? You know, I wouldn't be sitting here today if I didn't do it. Honestly, mm -hmm. I, when we, when we have more time, I would go into some of the depths of the hard days that I had. Um, 
where I couldn't get out of this cycle of how sick I was. It was hard for me to even get out of bed some days. Um, and I even remember that there were some days where I would get to work early just to like hype myself up and cry in the car because I'm mm. like, you can go in, you can do it, like move your body. But like yeah. my body wasn't listening to my mind anymore. And for anyone listening, if your body isn't listening to your mind anymore, meaning you're trying to tell your body to do stuff and it won't do it anymore, that's mm -hmm. the point. That's the stop. That's the hard stop where you have to say, and I would say, take a weekend off, take a few days off and really just connect with your body and say, what am I willing to put my body through anymore? You know, mm -hmm. for what my, you know, hefty salary or letting down my clients or whatever it was, I couldn't do it for anyone else anymore, but it didn't happen overnight. It was right. a progress, you know, it was a progression of me getting there. So if you're, you're there, you're almost there now, do it before it gets too bad, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and then today, so tell us a little bit how you've taken your story, your own journey. Um, you've gotten healthy. I mean, you look like the picture of health here. Do you find, do you find yourself um, really healthy right now? Do you feel like you are um, in a good stage? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Um, I would ask you, can you define what healthy feels like to me? Or can we define that together? Yeah. Um, for me, it means, you know, I think of optimal health as mental, physical, emotional, uh, in complete alignment. And um, I also think about the ability, as you said, to be able to tap into your own body and to follow the signals. Um, for me, digestive health is a huge part of it because I know that when my digestion is off, I don't feel right. When my hormones are not um, stable, I don't feel well. So sometimes I always start with what doesn't feel good or what doesn't, um, you know, does that feel like? And then you can sort of say the opposite is 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 health or feeling good. But I would love your definition of what yeah. that is for you. I would say you're pretty spot on with that. I always like to know what people mm -hmm. say when they say, are you healthy? Because, you know, healthy is different, I think, than it used to be. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just getting your vitals checked and your blood taken and like everything coming back normal doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy. Um, but also, you know, looking like health doesn't also doesn't always mean that you're healthy. Cause I know a lot of women yeah, who are absolutely drop dead, gorgeous, totally fit all the stuff, but they are struggling inside really bad. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I agree with you. And I think it is that trifecta or the mm -hmm. tripod, you know, the mental health, the physical health, and then the connection mm -hmm. to the body or spiritual health, yeah. however you want to say it. Um, I do feel just to answer your question, I do feel mm -hmm the most in alignment with myself, my body and my health that I've ever felt. Mm -hmm. um, however, I did have my implants taken out last year. I don't know if you saw that or not. I did. I am. And um, I'm glad that you actually brought that up. Um, so do you mind sharing a little bit about your story of how long you had your implants in and then the the journey in order to actually make the decision to go through the, yeah. the surgery and the recovery too? Yeah, you know, so around 26 years old, 27 years old, I got the implants in. At that point, I was not a healthy vessel. So you mm -hmm. add a foreign object to an unhealthy vessel. And clearly, if I was healthy and felt in tune with my body and loved myself, I wouldn't 
maybe have necessarily made the choice to alter my body. So I made the choice to alter my body and, you know, didn't really change much for me physically or, Mm -hmm. or mentally, just more aesthetically. And I went through life with them and, you know, I struggled when I was married for six years with infertility. I still had inflammation, even though I was on a gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, alcohol-free, caffeine-free diet. Um, mm-hmm. I lived most of my life paleo. I had a lot of anxiety. Even when I quit doing hair and I was healing, I was still struggling with health issues and infertility at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my best friends sent me an article on the connection between infertility and breast implant illness, had no idea, um, did some research, learned more about it, and ultimately knew at some point I was going to take them out. But um, for anybody who has taken them out or is thinking about taking them out, there's this part of you that is afraid to let go, afraid aesthetically what you'll look like. And you have to get to that place, that decision on your own, an article isn't going to be what pushes you. So it took me another couple of years to actually reach out, make the appointment, get them Mm -hmm. done. And, um, you know, I thought, okay, whatever's left of the 15% of health issues that I have is going to magically heal when I take these out of my body. But that was actually truly when the real healing began. They're out out now. Yeah, they're out now. They left their legacy inside of my body. No foreign object inside, two foreign objects inside of my body near my lymph and my heart and my lungs for a very long time. And um, they did a lot of damage. So not to say that I, I don't like to say this, um, but I partially have to, not to say that I was starting over, but mm-hmm. in some sense I was because I had to reevaluate what was new for me and what needed to happen. Um, so I set into working with I'm a firm believer and I'm not going to heal myself. I'm not going to diagnose myself. I'm not going to be the one to do all this stuff myself because then you do patchwork healing. So I called on a dear friend of mine who is a functional practitioner and she's helping me through the detoxification of what's going on in my body from 10 years of having implants. And I started working with her and we were about to gear up to do a lot of the detox and my mom passed away. She had... Uh, um, Sorry. It's, there's no stage, um, small cell carcinoma is like the highest stage, um, cancer. She died really quickly, um, within six, seven months of getting the diagnosis. And, um, so I had to stop my healing, focus on her healing and then focus on my grief healing. And, you know, then I got a little worse because that trauma on your body. So, the reason why I'm telling you all this is because, yes, healthy is physically, mentally, and spiritually healthy, but it there's life, life happens and bruises happen. You just have to figure out how to never let it break you. Like you can get the bruises, but it can't break you. So now I'm addressing a lot of health that needed to be addressed over the years. And so I am the most in tune with my body. I feel the most healthy, but I'm still mm-hmm. working through some health issues that need to be worked through. And mm-hmm. I say this, I want to talk about this because people think that there's this ultimate health you will achieve and that you are just then healthy and you'll never look back. But I don't know mm-hmm. that life is like that anymore, especially with our environment. And then you throw in a yeah. virus and all these weird things that are accumulating, you know? So yeah. I would say I feel 
90%. And I like feeling 90%. Yeah. That feels good. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. And thanks for um, actually opening up and sharing so much about your story there. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom. Um, Challenging things happen. Yeah. Um, What would you say emotionally it means it meant for you to release the implants and something, Mm -hmm. a decision that you made in your twenties? That was a journey in itself. Um, You know, when I was, when I made the decision to do the implant surgery, I was living in Cabo at the time. And I have a really dear friend that I would have amazing conversations with. And he, we were having a conversation and I just like burst out into tears. And he was like, what are you feeling? Cause we were talking about the surgery. And I said, you know, it's just so funny that it's just like a bag <laughs> filled with goo, but it represents so much more. And, you know, I think so many women put so much value on how they look or what they look like in clothes. And it becomes a part of you. It became a part of me, um, how I looked in everything. Mm-hmm. And so releasing that on an aesthetic and, uh, and, and superficial and, and, you know, physical level was really hard at first. Um, but it was almost like as soon as they were out and a, a few weeks went by, cause the first few weeks you do look pretty botched, you look pretty bad. Um, but then you start to look normal again and mm-hmm. you're just like, I, you never look back. You forget that it ever, I don't even think about, like some people will say like, do you remember when you have implants? And I'm like, not really. Like it was only a year ago, but I like can't even feel mm-hmm. that. So there's going to be a little hump or like a, a wall you need to get through where you're releasing what you look like physically and the fact that you've had them for a while. But you ultimately, once you kind of break through that, you feel 10 times better. So there's no, mm-hmm. there's like no looking back, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, one of the other things you just mentioned um, was that you still live in Cabo, but I think that I see that you live in many places. So um, <laughs> what is your approach to life in terms of either travel or where you choose to live? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I say this all the time. Your home is your body. It's the only home you will live in for the rest of your life. And I have a lot of detachment from stuff. You know what I mean? Like, um, I live a very minimal life. I don't have, Mm -hmm. I don't feel the need to have a lot of things. And I make my life very easy, easily movable because I want different experiences. It was one of my major goals in life to become a digital nomad or to become a snowbird by the time I turned 40. And I'm, you know, so excited to be able to achieve that. It's just about where I want to be. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. eventually I do would love to call in a partner and have a home with that partner someday. Um, But I also would love for him to be able to travel with me too. And for us to live a Mm -hmm. travel life so that you can experience a lot. So I kind of just um, connect with my source and, you know, my angels and my ancestors and feel into like where, what is my next 
what's the next place for me? And so Michigan will always be home base. Um, mm-hmm. But the next place for me in the next two months, I'm leaving for uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. So that's where I'm going to be for the next five months. And, you know, I will create a little home there and connect and feel whatever I need to feel into there. And then we'll see what comes after that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And I'm sure you're not going to miss um, every day, the Michigan winters. Cause I'm in Cleveland and <laughs> I will never be in a Midwest winter or East coast winter ever again. That is a statement. And so I said that statement two years ago and I was out. And then when my mom passed, it was her sickness was through the winter. And so I had to be back here and I said, okay, I'll be back here, but only for obviously for this one. Like I, I need to be here with my mom. And, but it, it would, I talking with her when she was in her last couple of weeks, she was just so excited that I got out, you know, we call it, you know, in the Midwest, you kind of like say, do you get out, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, away from winter is like the dream of having a house yeah. in Florida or having a place in California. And um, she was like, don't let it stop you and keep you here in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, certainly not. I will be out next winter. So I'm just picking back up and continuing that journey. Oh my gosh. So what else is new for you? Mm. Personally, professionally, what are you excited about this upcoming year? Um, I'm just, I'm like, I'm excited to turn 40. I, I have a lot of, I know a lot of people who are not, um, <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be the best decade of my life. Like everything I want and dreamed of and know to be true for me and being comfortable in my skin. Um, I think that's something that comes with age too, that you don't realize is mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. So I'm looking forward to, I'm calling in a life partner and a child, Um, I do believe that that's very close for me. So um, maybe next year, if I'm on the podcast, I'll have a little baby at that time. Um, So I'm calling calling him family and life partner. Um, For my business, I'm looking to continue to grow my brand. Um, I'm on the cusp of hiring a PR agent. I want to be, like you talk about the Lewis Howe Summit, I want to be a speaker at the Lewis Howe Summit. I want to be on stage like Gabby Bernstein. Mm. Um, potentially maybe write a book. So I'm looking to um, take my brand to the next level and try to reach as many people as I possibly can uh, with this message. Why not? And speaking, right? I mean, Lewis is a Midwest guy. He's from Columbus, Ohio. So um, tell us a little bit about the summit. I wanted to go so badly. I had other commitments this year. So I hope he continues to do it. And I love that he goes back to his hometown and does it. So um, tell me, it was five days or something, right? It was like a long day or a couple days. Yeah, it was a long couple days. The summit was three days and he will have it every year. The only reason he didn't have it was because of COVID and everything, Mm -hmm. but he's always going to have it there at the Sheridan in, um, in Ohio, at the Ohio theater. Um, And it's a great venue unless he gets too big, because I don't know how many people that holds. It was about half full this time, but we're just coming back. Mm-hmm. I, I think he said in the previous years, they had sold it out more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's three days. The first day is kind of like register expo, get to know everybody. And then they have a couple smaller workshops, paid workshops mm-hmm. that you can go to. Um, and you know, his three pillars are business, um, relationships and, per- and health. And so yep. he had one on relationships. He had one on branding, your mission, your core values, which yeah. I think go hand in hand with everything. And then um, 
and then one on health, uh, health as well too. So we went to the branding one, my friend and I, we decided to go to the branding one and it was amazing. This, the, this, um, greatness, um, staff, he has a greatness mm-hmm. staff, like staff on hand is branding and all that. Um, they did it and it was really good. And, you know, just connecting with other people. And then they had a festival at night. So outside, if you're from Columbus, you know that there by the Ohio theater, they have that little amphitheater area. Um, And the festival was great. There was a DJ and food trucks and everybody's just getting to know each other. Um, The first day, so Friday, the first full day, um, it was Michael Beckwith, um, Dr. Carolyn Leaf. We love her for her brain gut connection. Um, Oh my gosh. And Rory Vaden, who is a, oh. who is actually the uh, yeah. publisher of Lewis House's book and he's a branding, his branding agent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had uh, the Alex Simon band, which Alex Simon was on stomp in stomp on Broadway. He was the mm-hmm. MC and they were doing all the drums, you know, hyping everybody up. And yeah. he had his brother playing violin and it was pretty amazing. Um, and then that night there was a, um, what did we do that night? There was a North Market, a festival, or a little get together at the North Market where they have all the ven- vendors and, you know, just a party and then an after party mm. after where everybody just got to meet each other and dance and have fun. He loves dancing, you know? Yeah. And then the <laughs> final day, yeah, the final day, the full day on Saturday was, um, this was a really fun day. It was uh, Gabby Bernstein, um, Dr. Uh, Mariel Dubuque. Um, uh, who else was there in Q who is like a a health poet, basically slam poetry for like living your life to the fullest. He was incredible. Erwin McManus. I loved him. He, I never heard of him, but I will now be like reading books and following him. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but, uh, at the end of the day, then we had a huge party at, um, like a bar called Kemba live and Wyclef Jean performed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was like crazy. And they jumped, you know, Wyclef Jean and Lewis house were on the theater, on the theater and they, ju- they did crowd surfing and yeah. dance all night. And it was just incredible. But, you know, for people like us or, and, you know, anybody who, it's, it's not always easy to meet like-minded people in your four right. foot radius, in your circle. Yeah. And I, people, I don't know. I don't know if people like when I say this, but I really do believe like it's really hard to excel in your hometown. Sometimes you need to get mm-hmm. out of your hometown to be around different people. But when you commit to going summit to summits like this and you're around a thousand like-minded people like you, yeah. you just radiate energy when you're back mm-hmm. and so, you know, I'm just, I'm pumped from being there and I wish I could go to one every quarter. I want, I want to go to one every quarter like that um, because it's so, it just brings so much light into your life and you can bring mm-hmm. so much back for you and for the community. Yep. Uh, I agree. It is so important to take a break from our routines. Like I love my routines and, and I'm so disciplined about it, but taking a step out. And like you said, being in contact with other like-minded folks and you can learn from them. 
the energy feels amazing. And um, I do hope that we are able to continue to do more of these. We all stay healthy and we're able to, uh, to have more of these events in person. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'll see you at the next one then. Jack. Yeah, <laughs> I pre-bought my ticket, so I'll be there. Did you, um, yeah. any, any big takeaways for you? Did, were there any aha moments? Yes. Yeah. Some very big takeaways, you know, um, some of the biggest takeaways are just those tiny little, you know, tiny little moments where you start to understand like that, you know, one of the things that happened, Lewis Howes ended up falling in his hotel room in his bathroom two days oh before this happened and he bruised his arm. And he, oh it was gosh. a funny story because he was like so excited. He was running around in his towel and he was like, summit of greatness. I'm so excited. <laughs> And he slipped and he fell. But he, leading up to that, he was basically like cursing out the hotel because they hadn't had any upgrades post-COVID and things weren't working. Many people were complaining. And mm. and his girlfriend looked at him and was like, you know, you've been complaining a lot about this hotel. You think it was like trying to get back at you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Said it in like a nice way. And it's kind of one of those things where that ended up being the theme of the whole summit is what you put out, the energy you put out, what you're yeah. saying, the way you're acting is 100%, 110% what comes back mm. to you tenfold. So who mm. do you want to be? How do you want to show up? What type of people do you want to attract in your life? And when you see someone who's doing something you want to do, to see that as driftwood, like it's literally happening in front of you. So it's it's possible for you. Yeah. And I, I, I manifested a lot of things happening this weekend and everything came true the exact way I wanted it to. And I thought like, wow, the power of my mind is so beyond what I mm -hmm. ever believed. And so that I think as a whole, that was my biggest takeaway is, you know, just to really step into less complaining, more compassion, more empathy, and higher source of living, continuing to strengthen my relationship with God, to continue to strengthen my relationship with myself, because you get one shot at this yeah. life, like you really do. And, and that's it. And who wants to live it like, like hating it or just not happy, you know? So. Oh my gosh. Well, that's a great segue into my question on what it means to you to live the width of your life. And how do you do that in your own life? Yeah, this is, I think, a tough question. This is a tough question to answer. I don't know if anyone else says that, but it's because there's <laughs> so many things that I really do feel like it means to live the width of your life. But if I had to sum it up, I would say that it's to find joy in every day, no matter how small or how big it is, and to really have gratitude for everything you have, every person that comes in your life, whether it's good or bad, and to continuously believe, have faith and trust that you can do and be anything that you set out to be at any point in your life. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And it isn't an easy question to answer, but I think that when we do answer it for ourselves, that's the first step to be able to say, am I living that way? And mm -hmm. where do I need to make adjustments in order to find that daily joy and the gratitude? Um, Jacqueline, right. yes. <laughs> and so how that. can... 
What's that? I'm going to play that back over and over once this podcast comes out. Just keep reminding it, myself. Record it. It'll be your daily uh, mantra affirmation. <laughs> um, how can um, this um, community and my audience, how can we best support you? Yeah. Well, I, how can I best support you guys? That's my whole goal in life is is yeah. to support you. Um, you know, I find so much strength in community. And because I can't really be in one place and have everyone in one place yet, hopefully one day like Lewis does, um, mm-hmm. the best place to find that community is in my private Facebook group. Because right now there's over, um, a, I think over 1200 women who are all on their gut healing journey or health healing mm-hmm. journey. And that's a place to like ask questions and find people. And you can search that it's called beat the bloat with JRW. Um, that's a great way. And then my latest supportive thing that I have for everybody out there so that they can take charge of their health and they can learn about holistic health is a free mini course. It has six modules, um, learning about holistic health, understanding about your body, a whole detox me guide of not, not detoxes in like not eating food or juicing, detoxing your life, like creating sacred space for healing your environment inside your home, your, you know, the way that you drink water or your toxic overload. Um, and it's super helpful. So you can get that mini course. I think you said you'll, you're going to share the link later. I will. Yeah. I'll include all of these details in the show notes. Cause I do want people to find you. I find everything that you share to be so on Instagram, especially, um, if they follow you there. Um, you share so much. I love all your TikTok videos, <laughs> which are great. Um, thank you for your uh, generosity of spirit. Thank you for sharing, for giving back everything you've learned in your own journey with others. I know that you're very committed to helping people on their own wellness journey. And so I do hope that people take you up on um, your free resources that you have to offer. And uh, it was just wonderful spending time with you today, Jacqueline. And if there's anything else we can do, let me know. And if you are listening or watching and you like today's episode, please subscribe, like it, share it so that others hear this message as well. Thank you so much for your time today, Jacqueline. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Of course. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I appreciate you being here so much. Make sure you subscribe because every week you'll hear stories from people just like you. I hope you'll be inspired to dream again, to break out of your comfort zones, to create more joy and mindfulness and live the life that you always wanted to live. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends and family and leave a review. It would mean so much to me. Have an amazing day.